I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAB. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, today's show is going to have a bit of a flow to it, I think. I was looking at my notes before I started started in on the show. It, here's what I think is going to happen. I, th- I think I'm going to really get people on my side, opening up. Then I'm going to do a little bit more deep kind of thinky stuff, the, the, the more challenging stuff. And then I'm going to wrap up the show with, with a lighter side and something that I think will get you right back on my side. It's It's one of those things that is... It's both terrifying and hilarious at the same time, so uh, th- that'll be the flow of today's show. <laughs> we'll see uh, see how effective and entertaining uh, that is uh, in itself. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, quotes of the day today. Now let me do let me do the OG first, and then I'm going to get to a a new personality that I found out there. I think I may be in love. Uh, quote of the day from James Madison. James Madison said, "Quote." There are more instances of the abridgment of the freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments of those in power than by violent and sudden usurpations. There are more instances of the abridgment of freedom by the people uh, of the people by gradual and silent encroachments of those in power than by violent and sudden usurpations. This is basically a pretty fancy founding father's way of explaining the boiling frog syndrome. We are the frogs, and it has been that silent encroachment of power that has been going on for decades and decades in this country, and uh, I, think we're, I think we're finally starting to kind of see it. Told you, I may be, I may be falling in love here. There's a girl named uh, Donnie. Donnie or Donnie. She goes by at Donnie the Don on Twitter. I've been kind of following her, but she put out a picture of herself. She's cute, cute young black girl. But uh, she she put out a couple of videos just in the last couple of weeks. I, it's just refreshing to hear somebody else say these kinds of things. I think there's a few things that most human beings can agree on. Leave me alone, and I'll leave you alone. Mind your business, and I'll mind my business. Don't infringe on my right to my life. Don't infringe on my right to my property. To my liberties, my pursuit of happiness, and we good. I think that that's the first step. Most people can agree on that. Because this whole, all these different movements, liberty needs to go first. Or none of those things matter. Like I said, I think that most of us can agree on the idea of, if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. It's that simple. It is. It's that simple. It's that simple. Uh, She did also another video. Uh, people were were accusing her. Maybe I'm slightly sympathetic to this. 
she does. Uh, she's basically a pretty libertarian girl. I think if, from what I've read from her, it appears she was a she was more of a conservative and became more of a libertarian. So she's a fellow traveler to my path. And apparently people were starting to go after her because they said she was always bashing America. If you've listened to me talk about foreign policy stuff here on the show, uh, I get accused of that too. People say, oh, you always say it's America's fault. I say it's America's fault when it's America's fault. And most of the times, it's America's fault. I don't like that. But anyway, she was being accused of being anti-American. And so she put out a video to say this. Let me be very clear for those who aren't getting it in the back. I love America. I hate our tyrannical authoritarian crime organization we have called our government. You can love your country, but hate your government. I don't really understand what's so hard to understand about that. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. And then uh, final quote here. I think it was... Um, Recently, George Carlin's birthday. He's made a lot of appearances here in the quote of the day segment here. I love this one. I had never seen it before. George Carlin said, quote, I don't like ass kissers, flag wavers, or team players. I like people who buck the system. Individualists. I often warn people. Somewhere, uh, somewhere along the way, someone is going to tell you there is no I in team. What you should tell them is, maybe not, but there is an I in independence, individuality, and integrity. Amen. Amen, Brother George. Okay, and then here to keep you on my side. <laughs> Pardon me, I, I, I don't watch mainstream news, but I think I've kind of got my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the country. I, I traffic in enough websites to kind of see what's going on in the world. Really, it's part of my job to do the two hours of shows I, I do a week here. Am I wrong in thinking that the Democrats over the last few years have set themselves up as the party of democracy I'm not, I'm not imagining that, am I? They, they believe that January 6th was a, an existential threat to our democracy. They're always looking to save our democracy. These are the, this is the party of democracy, right? Now, I know we live in a constitutional republic, so they're really not even talking about our country. But the bottom line is, isn't the talking point, isn't the position of the Democratic Party, as it, as it tells us right now, that it is the defender of democracy and any threats to democracy are what are the true dangers to our country? Well, this is also the Democratic Party. This is a, more, a clip from Morning Joe with one of uh, Joe Biden's campaign people, I guess, one of his talking heads or whatever. Uh, but just listen to this and, and just think of it in that context. The Democrats tell you they are the champions of democracy. The Democratic side, Bobby Kennedy Jr., doing well. He's at 19 percent. Hasn't really gotten that that much out there i mean it's and i'm starting to hear more and more talk about him are we going to actually have a challenge here i'm trying not to laugh joe there's <laughs> not going to Wait, be can i just can i stop you for a second yes. do you know how many people said the same thing about donald trump 
in 2015 true. on yes, this show. Except said I will the note same exact left. thing. Yes, because there was going to be a Republican primary. But I really think that uh, the mealy mouth Democrats, as I like to call them, and some of my progressive friends who would like to live in a fantasy land, they need to come back to reality. Yeah. And the reality is this: the sitting president of the United States of America is a Democrat, a Democrat that would like to run for re-election so much so that he has declared a re-election campaign. Right. In that case, the Democratic National Committee will not facilitate a primary process. There will be no debate stage for Bobby Kennedy, Marine Will Marianne Williamson, or anyone else to stand so we're gonna have Wait, wait, wait. What did she just say? Did I hear that right? The Democrats will not, will not facilitate a primary season. Let me make sure I got this right. And the reality is this. The sitting president of the United States of America is a Democrat, a Democrat that would like to run for re-election so much so that he has declared a re-election campaign. Right. In that case, the Democratic National Committee will not facilitate a primary process. <laughs> wow. Wow. I thought I saw Obama do some stuff. Really, I'll be honest with you. I saw the Republicans just shut out Ron Paul in 2008-2012, but at least they they went through the motions. They pretended that there was some level of giving people choice. The Democrats now, they ain't even going to give you a choice. It, I, it's, I almost can't. Is this real? They are not even going to have a primary. Doesn't even matter. I'm going to let her finish this up because I think there's another little nugget at the end. There will be no debate stage for Bobby Kennedy, Marine Will Marianne Williamson, or anyone else to stand So we're going to have another Bobby Kennedy in an empty chair in the debate, right? There will be no debate. Yeah, no debate. <laughs> the Democratic yeah. National Committee administers the debates, and they're not going to set up a primary process for debates to for someone to challenge the head of the Democratic Party. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, we shouldn't be surprised. They are just lock and stock authoritarians. But that's really pretty much something. Now, I don't know. I ran across this clip. Maybe this is made news. Maybe this is shocking to some other people. I'm not sure. It's kind of par for the course. And we know Joe Biden is not capable of handling any level of debate. When he said there would be no debates, that wasn't necessarily surprising. But they're not even going to have primary elections in any of the states. I got to tell you, the media networks might actually, I told you, they're coming after Joe. They won't like that. And it's not because they don't want to try to help Joe Biden get back into office again, but there's a lot of money in political advertising. If you think that the networks for a second are going to sit back and go, oh, we're not getting at least 50% of the spending that we would normally get in an election year, I would imagine most of these operations operate in the red until political spending comes down the pike. This may not go over well with the mainstream media if Joe Biden tries to not have a have a primary season at all but that just cracks me up this party of democracy no primaries no voting and no debates for you that's the party of democracy these days Well, I guess I need to cover this. Uh, a couple of days ago, the Durham 
report was released. Well, this was uh, you know my show yesterday was about looking for billionaire saviors. One of the other ones is for the <laughs> the investigations to save us all, right? Now, this was another thing I fought for a couple of years during the Trump president. When John Durham was announced, everybody was waiting for the Durham report, Mike. Just shut up and wait for the Durham report. Well, the Durham report has come. <laughs> it's dropped. Plenty of evidence of disgusting government corruption that will surprise basically nobody who's been paying any attention. And the number of charges filed in connection with the John Durham report? <laughs> Goose egg. Now, there was a chapter on, quote, possible FBI reform, unquote. (laughs) I did like this one. If you really want the deep state to shake in their boots, this should do it. Listen to this. The Durham report found senior FBI personnel, quote, displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor towards the information they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. (gasps) Ooh, that'll get them. They, they've been charged. I mean, not, not officially charged. Understand, there's no charges with this whatsoever. But they've been, been accused of a, quote, lack of analytical rigor. Oh, my gosh. I bet the, oh, the heads are spinning in Washington, D.C. That's some tough stuff right there. Also saw here's a uh, someone listed as a here's an incomplete list of the people who declined to be interviewed by Durham. Uh, Peter Strzok, Bill Priestap, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Kevin Kleinsmith, Rodney Jaffe, Mark Elias, Glenn Simpson, and quote certain FBI officials. Uh, they just decided now nah, we're good. We're good. We don't really need to talk to you. That's the teeth of the long-awaited Durham report. I I will say, I will say, I didn't expect it to even ever come out. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I mean, shows me what I know. But I have been saying since this whole idea of the special counsel was launched, holy cow, this is going to amount to a big pile of nothing. It was just another source of hopium for people. At least maybe that's been put to bed on to the next hopium. But, but I will say there has been a payoff. Here's what it all comes down to. Here's the big payoff for the John Durham report that has finally dropped. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is regardless devastating to the FBI. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Regardless. Okay. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper on CNN says it's, it's damning of the FBI and it does largely exonerate Donald Trump. There you go. That's it. I, I hope it was worth the wait, the millions of dollars, the hopium, the, the defending, the idea that the deep state was going to be brought to its knees. That was the payoff right there. An eight-second Jake Cap, uh, Tapper clip <laughs> where he says... Yeah, kind of exonerated Donald Trump. I'm not criticizing anything in this report. I just knew it was never going to go anywhere. I say this, I don't know how many investigations, I'm air quoting here in the studio, forgot to, forgot to label that one. I don't know how many of these we need to see come and go with no charges and nobody getting into any trouble before we just realize it's all a dog and pony show. It's political theater. 
Speaking of theater, holy cow. The FBI was up to its usual tricks this past weekend. Did anybody see this Patriot Front white supremacist march? <laughs> it, it was reported as being chilling. And, and it was. If you've seen the video of all of these guys and their American flags, they're all dressed the same. They have the white neck gaiters pulled all the way up to the bottoms of their eyes and then sunglasses and baseball caps over there. It was chilling. Not in the way that the mainstream media means it, which they're, they're telling you that the country's full of white supremacists that are marching and are ready to lash out against minority groups. No, it was chilling when you realized it was a parade of feds and that they were willing to do this false flag protest just to gent up more hysteria around this idea of white supremacy in this country. If you saw this thing, I mean, it's just one of these... You just look, they're not even trying. At the end of the march, if you, if you haven't seen this, at the end of the march, they all marched towards the subway. And the cops that were, yes, the cops, I'm not done with them yet. Uh, the cops that were escorting them along the way, because we know that the cops are always very respectful of anybody's First Amendment rights, right? They'd never forced most people into a First Amendment zone, Remember when this thing got rolled out about 20 years ago under the Bush administration? Oh, yeah, we've got zones for you now. You want to protest this? Go about two miles down and over to the left. Uh, we've got a chained-in area. That's your First Amendment zone, your free speech zone. But the cops let these people march, and they, they escorted them. And then at the very end, this parade of <clears throat> protesters um, all marched downstairs into a subway tunnel. The cops stopped access. No one could follow them down there. The cops actually sealed off the entrance, the downstairs entrance to the subway, so they were able to go, I guess, crawl back into their FBI van all by themselves. It is one of the worst false flag protests I have ever seen. And who escorted them? Knowing full well who and what they were, Believe me, cops, dozens and dozens of cops participated in gaslighting the American people because they were told to. Now, maybe there were a few of them who said, no way I'm going to be part of that kind of propaganda, that, that lie to the American people. I'm not going to be a part of this show, but it wasn't very many of them, I bet. Very few. Most did it enthusiastically. They probably got some overtime. Cops. Cops and the FBI. That's law enforcement here in the United States. Now, look, my harsh criticism of policing and police in America is probably one of my least popular topics. And we're about to get into a little bit of that. This is my more thinky segment. We made fun of the Democrats uh, earlier. I talked about freedom. Now I'm going to get a little <laughs> I'm going to get a little radical on you here. But this is one of my because conservatives don't understand that the Gadsden flag, you know, the coiled snake with the don't tread on me. That is the exact opposite of the thin blue line flag. I see these two flags on cars all the time. You understand that. It's okay to support the heroic work of police, but ultimately they are agents of the state that are tasked to go out and, well, tread on us. And if you don't believe that, just hang around because I'm about to give you a story. So somebody, I feel, at least, somebody has got to explain to you what's happening in this country while most conservative talk show hosts tell you to sacrifice your freedoms to the state and just obey, comply. 
Because if, if conservatives were really interested in freedom, real freedom, real freedom to go about your business without constant government interference, you'd be looking for someone like me who wants to set you free. When you're thinking about presidential candidates or Congress critters or whatever it is, and I'm not saying me, no, don't make any mistake, but somebody who actually talks about this kind of stuff, instead of game show hosts, pandering idols of the right who tell you to your face that they want to grow the government, but they swear they'll use it for you this time. And they'll use that big, expensive government to go after your enemies, except they never do, do they? And, and, you know, really, the, the, the hard truth is, and I'll admit, it took me a while to understand this. Too long. It's really been over the past three or four years. The last couple of years, really, it really drove it home where I just don't think I can, I can turn away. Um, the harsh truth is that about 80% of people really don't want freedom. They, th most of them really can't even imagine it, to be honest. It's uh, National Stockholm Syndrome. They just can't imagine a country where you don't have a third of your income stripped from you, and if you don't give it up, that they will send armed agents after you because they think that that is necessary for a functioning government. They think that. They, they can't imagine a country where we don't have a drug war to, to penalize people for a personal behavior, whether we like it or not. They can't imagine it, even though it was the reality of 1910 here in this country. You got heroin from the convenience store. People now, they, they can't even imagine it. So I have had to come to grips with the fact that most people don't really want freedom. They talk about it, but they don't understand it, and they don't really want it. They just want the government to work for them. The problem is, look around. I don't care if you're on the left or the right. It does not work for you. It will not work for you. It's not meant to work for you. Anyway, when we come back, oh, Gosh, the story about story about one of the uh, the January sixth guys. I'm just going to show you law enforcement in this country. Again, if more conservative talk show hosts, I'm not a conservative talk show. I'm a libertarian talk show host. But if I'm on a conservative radio station, and I compete with conservative talk shows, if more conservative talk show hosts would come out and explain to you the prison cell, the <laughs> the police state that you have built so we could start to undo that, start to go to all those good cops that are out there and say, hey, look, you, you guys have got you to stop enforcing seatbelt laws. I mean, these victimless crimes, you, quit letting the state send you out to people's homes for, a, for a, 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 a vine growing over a fence in violation of a covenant. I mean, I've been subjected to that. I mean, we need to get the good cops and start to deprogram them, too. They've been programmed in this society as well. When I come back, though, this is just, it's a stunning story about what's going on January 6th. And it involves the FBI and local law enforcement working hand-in-hand -hand to crush dissent in this country. We'll do that when I come back. Stick around. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYAB. 
I've been on a tear. I've really been going after this E-Verify bill that the Republicans have been pushing because it is the latest in a long list of terrible ideas. And they're using the exact same thing. They give you a boogeyman, illegal immigration, tell you that the illegals are taking all of our jobs, whether it's even true or not. It doesn't even matter, real or imaginary. They set up the crisis, right? They've done nothing to control our borders. More on that in a minute. Um, but they set up the crisis, and then they give you the big government solution. Just just imagine a situation. Maybe I should get to it after this story. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this story first, and then I'm going to set up a, an E-Verify story for you. How about that? Because this was really based around the Patriot Act, one of the, one of the original sins of the modern Republican era. Just 20 years ago, when Republicans under George W. Bush, in response to 9-11, rolled out this authoritarian mass surveillance program on the American people. And libertarians said, don't do this. Don't do it. You don't want to do this. Now we've got charges of domestic terrorism going around. You know, I mean, I came to libertarianism really a couple of years after this even took place. But I heard the arguments. It was one of the things that kind of woke me up. I was like, oh, yeah, that does seem kind of weird. They're going to spy on all of us. That seems a little dangerous. But at the very beginning, libertarians were saying, look, this term terrorism, they're going to use it. They're going to start calling you a terrorist. When, when they set up a bill that strips anybody labeled, and air quotes here in the studio, terrorist, then they can just label you as a terrorist. And sure as hell, that's what they're doing, isn't it? They just throw the word domestic in front of it. Now you don't have any rights. But listen to this. I don't have this guy's first name. My apologies for that. Maybe it'll say it somewhere here in the article, but I clipped this out of the middle of an article because it's when I started getting outraged. <laughs> Though he never entered the Capitol, Christie was arrested at his apartment on December 22nd, 2022, almost two years later. This is after January 6th. Surrounded by a SWAT team of 20 to 30 people in a historic show of force. This is according to his attorney. According to Stewart, there was a was no knock and Christie was never told he was under arrest, only that officers wanted to search his apartment. When he asked them for a search warrant, officials had to retrieve it as they had not brought it with them. His water and electricity had been turned off. A drone was sent into his home and determined that he had guns with the intent to use them. I guess the drones, well, they really have gotten sophisticated. Now they know our intent. Having arrived at 9 a.m., it took officers until 10.45 to get the warrant instead of bringing it to him directly. <laughs> these, these people, not only are they statist thugs carrying out these operations on American citizens, they're also apparently cowards. Uh, instead of bringing it to him directly, they sent in a robot, which took 30 to 40 minutes of everyone watching it make its way downstairs. <laughs> I guess they said that must have been one of those robots with the tracks, you know, like the tank tracks on the bottom of it, navigating stairs with a, with a warrant held in its little claw at the end. Good Lord. The FBI had already rammed in the front door and broken the glass, thrown in flashbangs and tear gas, and brought in a crisis negotiator, Stuart said, which led Christie to believe that they were there to abduct or kill him. Quote, other people I've interviewed have examined the situation and agreed with Christie's assessment, Stewart said. You don't do all that unless you're going in. It's, uh, it's not done because you're inviting danger if you do that. The fiasco, of course, was framed as a three-hour standoff, Stewart said. Quote, his delay in exiting his home had nothing to do with any falsely claimed barricade. 
This is what she wrote in a court report, quote, It was due to shock, anxiety, and the belief that the FBI wanted to murder him or take him to Guantanamo as a terrorist, and the failure of the FBI to have a search warrant on site to present to him. A week before, on December 16th, here's, here's where I'm telling you. Conservatives, I'm begging you. Wake up to this stuff. Because this is coordination. It is law. It, we have a policing and law enforcement problem here. I'll say it again because God knows I've got to say it every time. Police do heroic work. They do. They investigate murders and crimes and rapes and property theft. And when they're doing these things where there's victim crimes, they're doing heroic work. It's the other 75% of the stuff that they do that I don't appreciate. A week before, on December 16th, Christie had been pulled over by a state highway patrolman. Quote, understand the bizarre nature of this, Stewart said. This again is his attorney. Quote, the FBI has the California Highway Patrol pull him over just to create the circumstances for a person with anxiety. In the time between January 6th and his arrest at his apartment, every nook and cranny of Christie's life was investigated using avenues opened by the Patriot Act. Ding, ding, ding which would not only include a forensic investigation into his online profile, but also into his medical history, Stewart said. Later in court, Stewart said the FBI admitted to using the state law enforcement pretextuality. Under California law, an officer has the right to ask someone to get out of their car. However, with Christie, there was no traffic violation. The officer yelled at Christie, telling him that, uh, if he didn't get out of the car, he would break his window. In a panic, Christie fled, Stewart said, aware of what was happening with other January 6th defendants. So the FBI targets this guy. And, and to tell you his crime, I, I thought I had clipped it here. Um, he, had, uh, he had dressed up as a construction worker for the January 6th protest, and he had a uh, tool belt on. And on the tool belt, he had a hammer. Uh, there is no, uh, according to everything I've read, there's no insinuation that he used the hammer. He didn't even go into the Capitol. They're going after him because he had a hammer in a tool belt around his waist on January 6th on the grounds of the Capitol. And for that, the FBI mobilized a 20 to 30 person SWAT raid, and they also involved local law enforcement. See, police will do what they are told. I, I don't know if this, I don't know if this bothers anybody. Because you know what you hear out of conservatives, they go, "Just comply, and you won't get hurt." There's a lot of you probably thinking that right now. Well, he uh, he shouldn't have ever run from the cops when they tried to pull. They pulled him over for nothing. In coordination with the state, the essentially in the, the secret police. And this idea that you can comply your way out of tyranny, I, I hate to tell you, this does not end well for you. You may have to learn this the hard way. I'm not saying be belligerent with every cop and every interaction. I know people go way overboard on that for cops that are, you know, doing things that we might appreciate. But the bottom line is policing is off the rails in this country. Absolutely off the rails. I thought this was a little funny. I'll just throw this in here. William F. Buckley was uh, interviewing Ron Paul. This is probably decades ago. Check out William F. Buckley lays out Ron Paul's uh, list of wishes. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Dr. Paul wants to abolish the CIA, the FBI, the draft, welfare, foreign aid, 
all of which would certainly reduce the deficit. The questions arise about what else it might uh, reduce. Well, the best part about that clip, and I can't show it to you as an audio platform here, but Ron Paul's just smiling like a Cheshire cat as he's reading off that list of the things that Ron Paul wants to eliminate. Of course, instead, people have lined up. I've got to mention it. Trump wanted to build the FBI a new $1 billion headquarters in D.C. $1 billion stolen from you to build a new palace for the group that is targeting you and has been for decades. I don't care if you're on the right or the left listening to the show. This group, the FBI, has been like this for decades really since inception. Now, that's not every single FBI officer. They've done some good investigations. Certainly some good people. I've, I've known a couple of FBI agents. Great guys. Really, truly great guys. But they're working. They're working for a, a bunch of thugs. I got to take a break. I'll be right back. So dark you can't see the end. Skies cocked back. Shotgun which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power of suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world and pretend. And the eyes ease open and it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. Right the top I stop. At the core I forgot. In the middle of my thoughts. Taking fire from my safety. The pictures there. I'm All right, final segment here. I got to jam some stuff in here real quick, but let me, let me just flesh out this e-verify thing for you. Let me just give you a scenario. Knowing what you just heard about the January sixth thing, now Republicans want you to uh, take up e-verify. Uh, imagine that uh, you or your your buddy gets put on this e-verify list, and suddenly you're just turned off by the federal government. Oh, I'm sure it's just a mistake. Mistakes happen. Or, of course, they'll weaponize E-Verify against people the same way they weaponize the no-fly list, the same way that they weaponize government, period. Now, imagine you go to apply for a job, born in America, never had any problems before. Suddenly, an employer says, hey, I'm sorry, I can't. E-Verify will not, will not let you get hired. Then imagine you go to your buddy. Your buddy's like, well, Mike, I, I've known you my whole life. I know you're from here. We don't, maybe we can, we'll just hire you. We just won't run an E-Verify. How long until the law enforcement comes to enforce that, that violation of not using E-Verify? Because they're, they're bound and determined that Mike Madison's not going to have a job. And they don't care that this is my buddy that was my friend since elementary school and raised in the same hometown. No, you didn't follow the rules. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm showing you these examples of the Patriot Act and these other things being abused. This E-Verify, it's going to lead the exact same place. I, I don't think I can stop. I, I don't know if they'll pass it. But the Democrats, maybe, to their credit, they may stop this. I, for bad reasons, trust me. I don't like their reasons, but they may stop it. Um, I, I did want to play this. All, everything going on in the border, and I wish I had a little more time to do this, but I'm just going to go ahead and play it. For all of you who believe that the Republicans are out there fighting the good fight on the border— at least in Texas, that does not appear to be the case. This is Lara, uh, Lara Logan on Steve Bannon's War Room. Lara Logan joins us. Lara, about your beloved Texas, this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's insanity what's going on. Why are Texas officials not stepping up here and understanding that the federal government is trying to exacerbate this? Why are Texas officials not stepping up here and saying, no, not on our watch. We're not going to let this invasion of the Lone Star State happen, ma'am. Well, because they're complicit, Steve. I mean, that's really the only answer. And I'm not saying that based on opinion. 
Um, if you look at what has happened in Texas recently, there was something called HB 20. That was legislation that uh, Senate, that leaders in Texas put forward, state legislation that would have created Texas Border Defense Force. The Texas GOP did not want that to happen. So they opposed HB 20 legislation. And in doing so, they authored a, um, a, a, a policy paper um, opposing HB 20 and implementing and suggesting as the alternatives the exact language of the United Nations migration policy. What? Right. So what you have is a, a lobbyist group, which is called Texas. It's actually the American Immigration Council. And if you want to find their papers and uh, and their documents, you can go to Texas GOPvote.com, TexasGOPvote.com, right? And this is a, a the TexasGOPvote.com is where a lot of money comes on for a lot of people in Texas, a lot of uh, senators from Texas, GOP Republican senators. And what they are advocating is a safe, secure, open border. That's literally the language that they use. So we have moved from immigration law and immigration policies, where you have legal and illegal immigration, to the migration policies of the United Nations and globalist organizations and globalist NGOs, as you just referenced, right? And what these people talk about, what do they advocate? They, Texas GOP is saying that we need to address the, the border issue. We need more migrant processing centers. We need humanitarian policies and processing, We, you know, and so on and so on. Everything is aimed at ensuring more and more and more migration. So it is an obliteration of sovereignty. They're going around Congress. They're going around the legislators. They are going around the American people on both sides, Democrat and Republican. They are going around voters. They are actively opposing legislation that would give Texas under state law the right um, and the means to secure the border on their own without the federal government. And they are assisting the federal government in their open border policy. For so there you go. <laughs> That's the Texas GOP. How about that? That doesn't seem to make the news. You know, I, I think we are just to a point where when you really stop and think about it, what they do is uh, they just create these huge crises. This is the best I can figure it out right now. They've created several big things for you to be scared of and to fight over right now. Illegal immigration, uh, trans issues, wokeness, racism everywhere. The left falls for that one hard. Uh, abortion. These are all real issues. But what they've got, they've got us all fighting about these things. These are all uh, problems that they create. And then while you're all focused on these issues that they created, they're busy taking every last one of your rights. And nobody's noticing it. Until one day, most of us will probably notice. It's going to be interesting to see what happens then. All right, I told you I'm going to leave you on a lighter note, get you on my side. I, this, is, uh, this is just one of those things where it's, it, it's terrifying and hilarious uh, all at the same time. Uh, this, <laughs> this is, this is uh, John Fetterman is on the House, House Banking Subcommittee. And he was in a hearing the other day with one of the uh, bank heads that, uh, of a bank that failed. Is it staggering? Is it a staggering responsibility that that the head of a bank could literally could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, and and they also realize is that 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 now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved 
by no again by no matter no by, by, by how you know so it, it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of the, this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank regardless of how how there's their conduct is <laughs> holy cow you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, the Republicans want to give a, a work requirement for SNAP. You know, for a, 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 a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, requirements. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sell your bank with billions of your bank? Because they seem to be more pre preoccupied uh, when than SNAP uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about protecting the tax, the tax papers, you know, that will bail no matter whatever does about a bank to crash it. Sure. <laughs> he's on, he's on the banking subcommittee. So if, if you had any fear that we're heading into a banking crisis, fear not. John Fetterman is on the case. I got to tell you that clip alone, Knowing that he's on the banking committee should cause a run on the banks all by itself. <laughs> Holy cow. We are living in quite the world, aren't we? Oh, well, good luck out there. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.